Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to your last episode of Yang Speaks without your frontman, Andrew Yang. I without understand. Yang speaking. Without Yang speaking. I understand there's a uh, there's a reason you tune in to Yang Speaks for Andrew Yang, but you've got yours truly, Zach Grauman and Carly Riley, who I thought we had filled in pretty admirably during, let's call it the Andrew Yang hiatus. Thoughts, Carly? Sure. I, I, you know, I think there are some people who hate us and some people who love us and, uh, we're okay with both. And I'm really appreciative. There, there have been a number of people who have reached out and said, yeah, we I love hearing when Yang speaks or I'm sad you'll not be hosting, co-hosting anymore. So, uh, yeah, we'll take the win. So if I'll you listen the to the end of the episode, we're going to dive in about what's next for both us and this podcast. Um, but on today's episode of Yang speaks, we're talking about are you elite universities selecting, just blatantly selecting more, uh, People on the left, which is something the press is not covering very much. I think it's really interesting. Uh, we're going to talk about flying cars. We need to be talking about more flying cars. It's freaking awesome. Uh, and Carly's going to make crypto. Carly is going to make a crypto call, which makes me excited as well. Zach's <laughs> trying very hard to make crypto Carly a thing. It is a thing. And look, uh, we mainly try to make um, to talk a lot things that are not being covered very well by the press, either um, in volume or accuracy. So. We got universities, flying cars, crypto Carly, and some fun next steps about Yang's book tour, the forward uh, activities and things like that. So let's dive in. Carly, I want to talk about, um, I want you to talk about Matthew Glazius kind of wrote um, an interesting piece that is not, and he always gets a good amount of play on his, his own articles, but it's not catching mainstream, but it's about who's going into our universities and what the implications are. So let's dive in. The Harvard Crimson, right? The Harvard newspaper, I guess every student year. Student newspaper, right? The student newspaper. Yep. Does, yeah. does a survey of the incoming freshman class. So this is the class now of 2025 that's incoming. Um, and as part of that survey, they ask anonymously about people's ideological leanings. And so this year's survey revealed that 87% of the incoming Harvard class voted for Joe Biden compared to 6.7% who voted for Howie Hawkins and 6.3% who voted for Donald Trump. Um, so I think there's there's a couple things to note here. I think one, and, and Matthew Iglesias makes this point, is there's a narrative that our universities are like brainwashing students into being like far lefties. I think one thing this demonstrates is they're also pre-selecting <laughs> for lefties. So, you know, it's not that they're necessarily being brainwashed during school, but they, they've sort of mm. only selected for a certain number of a certain type of, of person to begin with. And those numbers extend beyond just Harvard, right? It's like Yale, similar. I think Dartmouth was a, yeah. was the best, quote unquote, in terms of here, if you believe in optimizing for diversity of ideology. Um but yes, like it's it's pretty consistent. Now, look, young people tend to skew more liberal, right? Greta yep. Sustrin, who is a uh, reporter, she had a post recently saying, hey, have you gotten more conservative or more liberal as you've gotten older and over time? And like, it's all people saying they got more conservative. So this isn't, I, I think this can be blown out of proportion. But I do think it's really, uh, it's really telling. And as somebody who went to school, was in college, you know, within the last 10 years, I can say it, it felt kind of oppressively left dominant. Again, I came into college very, very left leaning. And I actually came out of college a little bit more of a moderate centrist because I'm a contrarian. And I was surrounded by so much like far leftism that I, I sort of, it pushed me a little bit more in the other direction. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I do think that there's something to be made of the sort of fear around colleges being so ideologically 
non-diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think they, that the, 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 the second piece to this that I thought was really interesting is there's this new report that came out that Matthew Iglesias also mentions in this article. We'll link to the article. Um, that's, that said one of the features that does seem to, I, I'm saying get worse, right? during people's college years is their sense of moral absolutism. So they're coming in Democrats and then, and and like sort of to the left of the spectrum. And then over the course of their four years, they become morally, more morally certain of their ideology. And -hmm. I think that's really the thing that I chafe against. I think you chafe against it. I imagine a number of our listeners chafe against it is this, not just that you're on the left, but that you feel so self-righteous and morally superior in those views, and you're so intolerant of anybody who deviates from what you see as the acceptable worldview, and yeah. that in young people who are supposed to be the more open-minded ones, I think that is is more concerning to me than just these, these education, these institutions like selecting for Democrats. It's no longer your political opinion; it's you're correct. You're just right. Correct. Right. Um, you're a good person, and and somebody else. And is anyone not. disagrees is is morally wrong, morally bankrupt, um, and. There's no room for compromise, no room for debate. This podcast is sponsored by ExpressVPN. A few decades ago, private citizens used to be largely that. Private. What's changed? The internet. Think about everything you've browsed, searched for, watched, or tweeted. Now imagine all that data being crawled through, collected, and aggregated by third parties into a permanent public record. Your record. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only celebrities worried about. But in an era where everyone is online, everyone is a public figure. To keep my data private when I go online, I turn to ExpressVPN. Do you know there are hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business is to buy and sell our data? The worst part is you don't know what they're doing. You don't get to have your say. That's why I use ExpressVPN. Just hit one button and then your Internet connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server. No one can see your IP address. You're completely in your own private internet. Every time I turn ExpressVPN on, I'm given a random IP address shared by other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it harder for third parties to track me and harvest my data. No matter what device you're on, you just hit one button and you get your own protected connection. So if, like me, you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com yang and get three extra months for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S vpn.com yang. Go to expressvpn.com yang to learn more. There are plenty of like right leaning or moderate folks that voted for Joe Biden. So like voting for Biden over Trump doesn't, I think mm. it's not as clear cut um, in terms of right or left as, as maybe prior elections were. Point. You know, if you take the fundamental values of conservatism and liberalism, where you're like liberals believe in fairness and equality. Let's call it and fairness and helping those that were disadvantaged and caring. And, um, yeah having a strong social safety net and government to solve the biggest problems and conservative believe in kind of limited government and a meritocracy and uh, preventing government overreach and being a little more pro-business and pro-capitalism um, that government will screw that up. Like those are, um, neither of those are to me are morally wrong. Like they've been debated for centuries. I'm, um, 
frankly. I, I think here, here's the, the two final things I, I think are interesting about this piece. Um, well, one, I think it's, it's the implications of this because I think the implications go two ways. The first is what we're sort of seeing and what you and I talk a lot about in media newsrooms, right? Like you're seeing the graduates of these schools because they're, they came in left leaning and then they grow only sort of more morally absolute about their beliefs as they go through college. Right. They then come into newsrooms and their, and their first jobs and, and you sort of get what we're seeing, right? Which is like ideological capture in media. And then I think you also though have an implication that I think Barry Weiss is talking a lot about, right? Which is now, what this, what the feeder schools to these elite institutions are doing, which is they're, these parents don't want to speak up against maybe wokeism gone too far in some of these educational institutions because they want their kids to get into these top schools. You know, they sort of understand on yeah. some level that clearly like, you know, you're advantaged if you're indoctrinated in, in liberal things. But the, the last thing I'll say, cause I love this cause, cause at the end, Matthew Iglesias concludes this article really more with like a word to the wise for conservatives, which I really appreciate because I think it is, it's like we should act. There's so much to not just scold conservatives about, but like that is actually just despicable about what the Republican party pushes. I mean, mm. we've talked about the abortion thing. I, I had sent yeah. you Zach a clip of Republican lawmakers yeah, talking yeah. about but abortion and rape. And it's like horrendous. Yeah. Um, and so what he talks about there is like, it does not help Democrats win elections to have all of the people coming out of these elite institutions be like super liberal. And cause that's exactly what the Republicans use to rile up their base is like, fuck these elites who think they're better than you. You know, all these people coming out of Harvard, blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, however, his, he says it doesn't actually like conservatives actually do want the, the approval call it of the cultural mainstream. Like they want their own values reflected in Marvel movies and in beer commercials. Like, like they, they want to see Republican values in culture. And they complain about the lack of that, like a lot. And he was like, so, but, and yet you don't throw any bones to like young people in some way, right? Like you, you really do do everything in your power to make yourself seem like right. uncaring, unfeeling sociopaths, which is like, especially uh, irritating and unappealing to wide-eyed young people. And uh, to a generation sort of that's been told you have to go to college, get a job and um, take out a bunch of student loans. And then they take out the loans. The jobs aren't there. They have a mountain of debt. They can't buy a home. Like they're pissed off. Right. And they're not pissed off from a, um, they feel like maybe the system's already immoral and that they, they're, it was, and they've just come from an institution where everybody's feeling the same way. And they're all, all leaning a certain direction. There's a certain community that comes in that. The one thing that's I wanted to say is that I, I don't know if everybody always connects these dots. Like where do the, what do the people that, graduate from these elite institutions end up doing they end up like we're taught let's let's call it 30 years from now they end up running all of your fortune 500 companies they end up starting the new facebook's and apples and got xyz's they end up getting the high level jobs at every consulting firm and political organization in the country like this is who these people are this is what they do they end up they, they thrive and they're very very smart and they're very driven and they were great at school and they have great support systems whatever the privilege you want to say the reality is they end up thriving in the economy and they end up leading the united states of america and if we have moral absolutists all leaning on the same team and a bunch of people piling on the bottom who disagree strongly on the other side is probably a recipe for disaster. To me, it, it just yeah, seems like... Yeah, I don't like, think it's going to play out like that, though, in 30 years. Because... It, yeah, it, right, maybe it can become more conservative. I don't know. Yeah. But it is worth talking about. It's fascinating. 
This podcast is sponsored by Helix Sleep. I've always been a mattress guy because I figured if I'm going to do something for up to eight hours, maybe I should do it right. And Helix Sleep lets you do it right by sending you one of 20 unique mattresses that's tailored for you. I took the Helix Sleep quiz, takes only a couple minutes, and I was matched with a Helix Dawn mattress because I wanted something that felt firm and I sleep on my back. That mattress is exactly what I needed, but strangely enough, my kids now seek out that mattress in the house and want to sleep on it even though I did not order it with them in mind. If you have a high quality mattress, it is a game changer, a huge difference maker. Don't take my word for it. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It is even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com yang. That's helixsleep.com yang. This is their best offer yet and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Shifting gears, I want to talk about something awesome because politics is annoying um, and everybody gets all mad. I love everyone. It's fine. We all can get along. I'm going to share this planet somehow. So let's talk about something awesome. And that awesomeness, Carly, is flying cars. There was an announcement. There's a company called Urban V. Urban E-V-T-O-L, which stands for Carly. Electric Vertical Takeoff and Landing. E-V-T-O-L, which I guess the O... Is take off. Take off. And then you're in. Got it. I see. Um, you're so smart. Okay. <laughs> but there's a whole bunch of people, very smart people, actually exploring fi- flying cars. So I was on the impression that we kind of gave up on the flying car thing. And we were like, you always see the memes. It's like... Oh, in the future, in two, in 2020, we'll have flying cars. And you're looking at us and like, we're getting, you know, we, we do it Instacart, but we still have, uh, you know, we can't even figure out voting machines, but flying cars are a real thing. And so this, um, urban Evitol, I don't know if that's, a, I wonder, like, I want, I want to know how they pronounce it internally. I mean, we can try and get the CEO on here in the future. Um, but EVTOL, they have a new flying car. It's an electric propulsion, uh, they're like a specialist in supercar designer. They've partnered up basically like the electric propulsion specialist and the super like awesome car designer have teamed up and they've created this three seat flying car that can claim claims they can go 250 miles an hour uh, top speeds and cover basically a 300 mile radius is pretty crazy. And we'll show you the design, but the design you can literally like you can fly it into your garage. Like it's this little simple view, like come on in. Like they're gonna have test models out next year, 2022, and they're targeting to 2026 to have this thing available, which is nuts. Um, now there's a bunch of these cars out there, uh, like Uber's trying some stuff and a whole bunch of things. And you can see them, you Google these, you'll see like, basically they look like futuristic helicopters. Um, and I know Elon Musk has talked about this type of tech where it's, the issue is the, um, how loud they are um, because you have to, there's that much force needed. So there's a, it's a um, physics kind of almost like a sonic boom, like amount of energy you need that creates a loud noise. No one wants that in their suburban neighborhood or wherever they're parking their car. Let me ask you this crypto Carly um, <laughs> as you're with your investment. eye, like, do you think we'll ever get to flying cars? Like actually used in practice, or is it just going to be like 
rich people with their pilot's license will be able to to, to fly this shit. Kind of like uh, different than drones, but like similar to where they're like their use case is like niche in, in a way. No, I think we'll get there. Think so? Like Uber yeah, I mean, flying? look, I, I speak. You know, I don't know this industry well, so it, it, it's oh, something for an actually educated opinion. I'd I'd want to spend more time on it, but yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely think we'll get there. Uh, it it seems to me like with any industry, it starts out being for the rich, or any industry is in like kind of big capital expensive projects. Yeah, you, you start with a, a smaller group, and then eventually you get to to mass production. I mean, Elon's the perfect example of this, right? Which is that yeah, Tesla Tesla's, the, the vision there has always been, hey, you know, use the, the rich people to sort of fund the the operation, <laughs> you know, and, and, right. and these things are very expensive in the beginning. And then there's just a huge amount of money to be made, in my opinion, if you can nail this. So that's why I'm optimistic, is anytime you've got a huge bag of money somewhere, the the odds that, somebody goes and collects that bag of money at some point or very high. An electric flying car is pretty awesome to me. The tech they're talking about is so cool where they're, they're taking some stuff that Bezos did to land his rocket where these like basically airbags pop out underneath and you can just like, you don't actually, I mean, you bounce, but you don't like bounce, bounce, but you mm. like, as you land, you bounce, which could prevent like major like car crashes theoretically and things like that. But I'm thinking... Like, this is what we should be talking about. This is, like, the stuff. I hate, like, the little culture wars and stuff. That's crap. I mean, you know, we all have our passions. We, we think we hate that, and yet we talk about it so much. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like crack cocaine in some ways. It's also been, like, you know, we came from politics, so we feel like we need to talk about politics on here. But I think you and I both are, are sort of... Well, now it seems know, like the media is always elsewhere. about politics. But the media needs to talk about flying cars, because they are sick. <laughs> and... um so I'm going to try and get the CEO of this bad, this company on here. If anyone has a connection, let me know. Because I think then they talk about their, their strategy, like they're going to like you target people like specific pilots or like use cases. Right. So other countries that have less like air traffic control reg- regulations and then like Medvax and uh, various certification, like you know, ways to get around certification licenses, things like that. But over time, I would get my flying car license. Like I would get that. Um, oh, yeah. If I can It'll be interesting. Now, this I mean, the, the big thing is going to be regulating the airwaves, right? Like, there's a huge that's it. That's a that's a a huge problem in and of itself, right? Like, in order to not right. like think of all the road signs, like all the the shit we have to keep ourselves safe with vehicles moving along the road. Like, you can't have like a flying floating stop It'd sign, right? So, so that's where it actually gets to me. That's more complicated, at least in my own head, than the tech. Oh, yeah. Not that I'm building the tech, but like the how do you actually create airborne roadways and rules imagine you're like chilling and like you're working in an office like we were just in buffalo and there's like the big empty what's that the empty and a bank or whatever there's a big bank building imagine you're in like the 30th floor of that and some like clown drives their electric flying vehicle into the side of your building and just i mean probably wouldn't i don't know how big this crash would the be buffalo, but if it's going 250 miles hilarious. an hour it, it the bang. buffalo thing like, feels very yeah. Why? I'm sorry. We think Buffalo is irrelevant. I'm sorry. No, no. I was just like such a funny, funny like un- New York. What? Whatever. Like, I'm just saying that picking a location was uh, was. Uh, I just want to imply that like you know, it's not like just New York City with flying cars all around. You're just in like a you know a smaller city. Bang! There's a flying car. Could be crazy, but um, the world needs to know. That's why we're talking about on this podcast. Uh, we're a podcast of action. So trying to get that guy on the pod. We'll see what happens.
Okay, Crypto Carly, you've been doing some really cool stuff. Um, getting, let's call it the noobs into the crypto world. Mm. Uh, and they've gone pretty well. So tell me what you're doing, what you're selling, what you're buying. I'm selling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean crypto wise? Okay. Um, I, I, my problem is I, I'm not, I'm not good at selling. I like buy things and then I just hold on for dear life. It's true. For forever. I'm waiting like for you I, to sell. I, Liquidate. I know. Let's get I a won't house. sell. Let's get a house. <laughs> I know. I won't sell. Um, most people who probably listen to this pod know I'm like deep down the rabbit hole at this point in crypto and NFTs. I'm just obsessed. And, and I'm actually thrilled because I, I thought for a long time that I was never going to find sort of the, I don't want to say my passion because I, I kind of hate that term and, but like that sort of one place I wanted to play in for a long time, like working on the campaign, working with Andrew Yang was just amazing. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity. But I also was clear that I didn't want to stay in politics for but forever. I didn't like it. Well, I just didn't want to stay in politics. I mean, yeah. that's a, oh, that's, you got to love that to, to want to live the campaign life. You and for me the both, rest of your life. You and me both. So, you know, I, uh, I, you know, I was sort of, I don't know, floating for, for a while trying to figure out what I really wanted. And I just feel like I found such a home in this world and in this crypto community. And, and I just, the people are awesome. Uh, so with that said, I, I want to bring more people into this scene. I really want to bring more women into this scene. I want more people of color in here. I mean, uh, you know, there's so much money that's going to be made in this industry over the next 10 years. Like it has everything working in its favor. Uh, and I just, I would love, like, we have an opportunity right now for, to bring, like, a diverse set of people into the space and see them hopefully, you know, participate in some of those gains. So, so it's something that I'm really excited get about. get started, how do they, where do you, what do you, sure. where do well, they go? Well, now? so last week I hosted three happy hours that I were calling, I was calling, like, what the fuck are NFTs, WTF or NFTs. Mm -hmm. And I did them over Zoom. I actually did one. It was pretty cool. I ended up partnering and, and doing this session as a part of a, a summit that was taking place last week. So I got to speak to, to kind of a wider audience there. Uh, and I had, I had so much fun with it. If you attended one, thank you so much. I just had an absolute blast. It was really geared towards total beginners in the space, talking about why NFTs are more than just overpriced JPEGs, what the bigger picture is here, uh, how they're going to play into all of our lives over the next decade or, or two. Um, so if that sounds interesting, I what I'm looking at doing is extending this. So I now will do a happy hour. I think every other Thursday is what I'm looking at, um, where it'll the goal will be to be really friendly to newcomers, right? So if you have a friend, if you know about crypto, but you have a friend who knows nothing about it, send them my way. But it'll also be a place for if you're an OG and you just want to come hang out and chat and you and I can chat about it, right? You're like, an OG. great. You're an OG in the space. You can, you know, come and teach new people. Creature. I don't know. Do you have an answer to the question though? How do I... So there's a link. We'll, we'll, we'll include a link. We'll include a link here link uh, in, in the show notes for this podcast. Podcast description. Okay. Um, and it's it just whatever. It's a Google form. Put your name and email in and you'll be on my email list and I'll be sending out updates on when I'm doing these sessions and you can come hang out with me. It's super fun. I'm no longer going to be, you know, regularly on Yang Speaks or at least I'm not going to be on Yang Speaks every week. So if you're missing my voice, wow. come hang out with me. Come sign up. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's just an amazing space. And then... Did you want my my like latest pick? Yes, I want. So what? Okay. Um, for those of us who are a little more seasoned in the crypto space, because I own some ETH, uh, what should I buy? I don't think I'm going to sell my ETH. I'm, I'm bullish. No, don't sell your ETH. I mean, look, like here, here's what I'll say. I was very confident about 
the, the V friends, the Gary V NFTs. Those have played, panned out very, very well. Yep. Not 98% of projects, even projects I own, like I don't have that level of confidence in because it's hard to know, right? Like it, it, it is a very funky space it's right new. now. It's dot com bubble. The other so. project that I would say I've been, if not as excited, close to as excited about as the Gary V one is quite different than the Gary V project. And it's called Creature World. And it's basically a project launched by this 21 year old New York City based artist, Danny Cole. You've actually probably seen his work, Zach. So he he does like graffiti art sort of around the city, but he also has these posters. There was one on Canal Street. I'm trying to think, like kind of the like the Varick Canal Street intersection, if you know what I'm talking about there, Zach. I do. It's near Hudson. But most of our viewers were not. Okay. So anyway, just- if you're in New York City, it's like right around there. And there are these posters he would post of like his creature, his what the, he calls him his creatures. Anyhow, I just have that gut feel on it. I actually bought in at like its peak like a month ago or something. It was like I spent way too much money. I like knew I'd spent more than I probably should, but I really believed in this project. It of course proceeded to drop by a lot after I bought it. And so I was like, oh, I've lost a bunch of money on this right now. But again, had long-term faith in it. It's now coming back, baby. Uh, Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal just made his profile picture a creature. And really the the way I would just, I, I think it's, it's a young artist who seems like a hustler. He seems like he has a real vision he fucking loves his art. The project is is totally different than any of the other ones in the NFT space right now. He's doing really creative things in terms Why? of how he's engaging with his community. So right now in the NFT space, the really popular thing to do is a PFP drop. That means a profile picture drop where you put forth a roadmap and the roadmap is something like this. Okay. Hey, we're going to sell 10,000 of these NFTs. It's usually some like cutesy animal thing or some cutesy thing, but it can be anything. We sell these 10,000 NFTs that we want you to use as your profile picture. And once we've sold 10% of the project, we're going to give you a give, we're going to do some sort of giveaway. And, uh, you know, we're going to give away one of our NFTs to our community. And at 25% of the project sold, we're going to do more giveaways. And at 50% of the project sold, we're going to make a donation to a charity. And, you know, and then 100% of the project sells. And then we're going to drop merch. And in the future, we're going to create a whole story world around this and games and IP. And it's going to be amazing. And that's so many, I mean, hundreds of projects that look something like that. Okay. This Creature World project doesn't launch a roadmap. If you go to their website, it's like this funky immersive video thing that you don't really understand what it means. But the artist has been very clear that he's planned a whole journey for this project from the beginning. So recently, anybody who was a creature holder woke up and got had a random part of a playground, like that was a hand-drawn kind of part of a playground, in their crypto wallet. And basically, they had to team up with other people to kind of build this playground in full with other people's parts. And that now unlocks a second part of the journey. Like he's just doing funky stuff and I'm really, really enjoying it. So that's the project that I'm, I'm into right now. Check it out. Creature world. It's weird. It's you awesome. Just Google creature world. What does that mean? If you Google creature world NFT. You should probably find it. Okay. Creature world NFT. The other uh, last thing I want to say is I really want to shout out uh, a particular Yang gang member, Nate McCord, who reached out to me when he found out I was doing these, at NFT educational sessions last week. And he was like, Hey, I love this project called Axo Littles. And I would love to donate Axo Littles to you basically for this cause. And, you know, you can, you can use them as giveaways during your education sessions. So I did that. It worked out better than honestly I could have hoped. We had three awesome women each night win an Axo Little. In every case, it was her first NFT. It was her first time getting a crypto wallet and hopefully kind of set set them on the path of, of getting more interested in this world. So I just like, 
huge big love to Nate McCord for that, for the Yang Gang, like you Thank know, you, paying dividends always. The Axel Little project, I mean, he he was really excited about it because he loves the Axel Little team. They've been really responsive to him. So looking at the team is always a, a good thing to do when you're assessing projects. But that's really my uh, my latest update on uh, where right. uh, I've been Creature playing. Creature World, Carly's latest. I don't know if that we're, gonna, we're not going to put this as a call, but it is something you're excited about. We are going to keep bringing you on here to talk about what what's exciting, what's um, in the cre- in the creature world, in the creature crypto Carly world, Carly creature crypto. Let's go. We're going to talk about let's talk about what's next. But a, a quick uh, PSA for everybody, uh, just a FYI, because this hasn't been covered enough. DiGiorno. The frozen pizzeria is having a recall. Um, so it's not pizza, it's DiGiorno's recall. Uh, if you love those commercials, they're forced to recall 28,000 pounds of DiGiorno frozen pizza because it contained soy and they didn't label it. Um, they also basically put like the triple meat in the pepperoni box, um, which then contained soy. It wasn't labeled. So they got in a bunch of trouble. So if you are a DiGiorno fan, which I kind of am, but New York, we have I have never in my entire three plus years of knowing you, working closely with you and now dating you have ever seen you eat or mention a DiGiorno pizza. Well, I will tell you this. Every time I go share a house with the boys on a trip, whether it's a wedding or a bachelor party or just a fun weekend, I always get a frozen pizza. DiGiorno's are for the boys. like, why are you getting that? It's like, you will thank me later. And one night, everybody's like, wow, I'm so tired. What what do you know? Bang, it's not pizza, it's DiGiorno. You're welcome. So I'm a DiGiorno fan. I feel like it's not pizza, it's DiGiorno is a terrible fucking slogan, especially for like a kind of low grade product. Cause all that comes to mind is like, Taco Bell not being allowed to call their burrito a beefy burrito because there wasn't enough real beef to be considered uh, that. That's what it feels like they're saying. They're basically like, it's not pizza. No, literally, it's not it's pizza. Just, it's it's just, plastic it and like melted. Have you, ever, um, like, have you ever seen the, it's a Little Caesars meme where they had uh, hot and ready pizza and, uh, <laughs> and there's like, Little Caesars like, come get our pizza. It's hot and ready. And so I was like, is it good? They're like, it's hot and it's ready. <laughs> <laughs> But is it good? Well, it's hot and ready. Um, that's it's what it is. Hot and it's ready. <laughs> ready. All right, we're saying the jokes many times, but it is funny. All right, here's what's happening, guys. Uh, the cat's out of the bag, and in some ways, Andrew is is um, getting excited on his forward tour, um, and the forward party is is leaking everywhere, as uh, which Andrew will talk more, way more about, and as he starts, uh, let's call it his next chapter. Carly and I have been very clear. We can't stand politics, but we love Andrew Yang and the Yang gang. So we'll be, let's call it, supportively involved. I'm staying apolitical if I can, which I guess is kind of what the four party is supposed to be. You guys should come out and see Andrew Yang. He's going all over the country. Um, AndrewYang.com. You can click and find the event um, that he's doing. Get your copy of the book. The book is very, very good. Um, I've read it. I read, I think, part of an early draft, and it was great then. So I I can imagine it's it's only gotten better. I I have to finish Um, reading the the late the final copy. And I think for a lot of you, love Andrew Yang. It's it's like uh, it's like classic Yang. You know, it's like him getting back to being logical and smarter than everybody and seeing the world in a different way, which is and just cutting through the cutting through the problems and the noise and like with like a clear minded solution, right? Um, Which is exciting. So. Um, and so here's what's going to happen. Andrew's going to be back um, running this podcast Mondays and Thursdays. I'll be on um, 
as your as your hype man is every once in a while. Um, I think a lot of what we'll do is probably guests on. We'll have guests on Mondays and kind of Yang doing current events on Thursdays. Um, he's going to start doing more emails. And for those of you who are early Yang gangers, he would write a, a long email every week. Um, mm. And he will be getting back to those. So um, that was keep, early, early Yang Gang days. Yeah. Um, he loved writing Andrew's them, and I'm like, like blog, you need to start writing these bad boys again. Post. So he wrote yeah. a couple; they're pretty good. So for Carly and myself, we'll be let's call it recurring characters on this show, um, and hopefully more and more content on this network as well. So I believe Crypto Carly will making an appearance many, many times as Zach tries to keep making that thing. Um, and I don't know what I'll be doing, um, but you'll be stuck with me, I'm sure, in certain ways. And I apologize in advance, but also I'm um, just trying to lighten the mood most of the time. Crypto Carly, it's been real. Uh, so for that, I'd like to propose a toast of Carly's favorite peanut butter whiskey. This episode is brought to you peanut by Screwball. Whiskey. It's actually not. They did not it's pay not, me to write but... this, but it's very good. Um, <laughs> so you know it's a real ad. <laughs> so you know it's real. It's peanut butter flavored whiskey and it's dynamite. So cheers, Carl. So good. Cheers. It's been real and it's been fun, but it ain't been real fun. Uh, LOL. LOL. Um, and then uh, speaking of Screwball, they are a proud sponsor, actual sponsor of the Buffalo Bills. And speaking of the Buffalo Bills, they won last weekend and it was dynamite because Josh we were there. Allen's back. I want to hear this. Josh Allen is back. It's like an ASMR thing. Oh, Four touchdowns in the air and one on the ground. Five touchdowns. Guys, the man... Had 350 yards in the third quarter of passing. All right, uh, I'm cutting this off. No, gang, we're not gang, cutting this off. It was dynamite. You. Thank you all so much for spending your Thursdays with me for all these many weeks. And I look forward to being back. I look forward to staying in touch with you all. I really, I, I, I've probably made it clear. I'm pretty passionate about crypto web three. I know a lot of you are as well. So I look forward to staying t- in touch in this sort of new capacity around a new topic, a new subject area. And, uh, Much love to you all. Cheers. Bye, buddy. Cheers.